Alrighty folks, welcome into another brand new edition of the 901 Soccer Podcast, a season kickoff edition of the 901 Soccer Podcast. And I'll tell you what folks, it is good to be back and we have soccer back in the Mid-South as 901 FC is finally back in action. That's right, folks. 901 FC, it's a joyous occasion as 901 FC is finally back in town. The boys are back in town. It's great to be a 901 FC fan. We got a lot of exciting stuff to cover here on this edition of the 901 Soccer Podcast. Let's get all the propers and all the usuals out of the way. I'm your host, Lawrence Dockery. Find me on Twitter at LDoc93. Find the 901 Soccer Podcast on Twitter at 901 Soccer Pod. And you can check us out on our improved Facebook page. Uh, we're posting there much more regularly, sharing news, articles, and so on. Uh, that's just 901 Soccer on Facebook. Um, we've uh, grown that page considerably in the last several months. We've gone from uh, 20-something likes, I believe, to almost uh, 122, I think is what we're up to now. So we're certainly uh, branching out and expanding our footprint, as it were. Very exciting times. Um, but before we get to anything, a uh, little bit of a rundown here, uh, so all our social media stuff's out of the way. Uh, I've got some new sponsors that I'm going to tell you guys about here in a second. A uh, little bit of a rundown on the show. We're going to talk about the off-season that was from Memphis 901 FC, and then we are going to kind of discuss the preseason game they had down at AutoZone Park against the University of Memphis Tigers. And then we'll take a look ahead and see what's on the horizon, take a look at the first month of the schedule, some interesting things going on in there that we'll touch on, and uh, much more. But for now, um, since we've moved to a new year, we wanted to announce some new sponsors for the show. And we put these up on the Facebook and Twitter pages back in January, but since it's the first thing we've recorded, probably since Halloween, I'd say... um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys about them now. The first uh, sponsor that we took on is called Favafirm. And for those of you that don't know, Favafirm is a law firm, obviously, that helps people who need to file bankruptcy. So if you are um, in West Tennessee or North Mississippi and you're facing issues like wage garnishment, vehicle repossession, foreclosure, eviction, maybe you've, uh, you've got some health issues and your medical bills are piling up or your credit card debt is out of control or there's uh, payday loans and you're getting collections and notices and stuff like that, give the folks at Fave Firm a call and they can get you in and get you situated and back on the road to a fresh start. Um, you, if you want, you can call them. Their number is 662-536-1116. Uh, you can find them on Twitter. They're at Fave Firm and that's F-A-V-A-F-I-R-M. And they're on Facebook as well. Again, just Fave Firm, F-A-V-A-F-I-R-M. You can check them out online. That's www.favafirm.com. And if any of that is stuff that is concerning you, keeping you up at night, uh, you can reach out to them and they will be able to get you in and set up with an appointment to sit down and talk to Will Fava 
and we will be able to get you back on the road to financial well-being. Uh, and so as part of the uh, meshing of the two brands, I guess you could say as part of the sponsorship deal, um, all episodes of the Not On One Soccer Podcast will henceforth be recorded in the Fava Firm studio. Um, we'll let everybody figure out what they want to about that. And then uh, excited to announce the second of our two new sponsors. We've got two sponsors so far, and we're hoping to get... Um, a couple of other new ones on board here through the entirety of the 2020 season. When that happens, we'll let you know. But the second of our two new sponsors is called Atom Technologies. And what they do is they install and maintain business telephone systems. So if you're in an office setting and your phones are giving you problems, if they don't work well, if they don't work at all, if you're just looking for something new, if you have questions, you can give the folks at Atom Technologies a call. They'll be able to get you they'll be able to assist you and get your phones in working order uh, you can give them a call at 901-251-2326 and as part of that sponsorship deal all guests that appear on the 901 soccer podcast will now appear via the adam technologies hotline so that's all the propers out of the way for now and we'll just kind of run through those every um every show and keep you up to date on all of that now now, returning to the off-season that was for Memphis 901 FC, and one of the big things that everybody is very excited about is the fact that Tim Howard is here full-time now in the sporting director role. You know, last year, you know, with it being the first year, Andrew Bell did about as good of a job as he could, I thought, um, but Tim Howard, as a former player, wasn't just going to be, I guess, sitting in the owner's box uh, he's a hands-on guy, and everybody is really excited for him to be a full part of this organization now. Obviously, that is playing is you know playing commitment to the Colorado Rapids is 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 up. He's retired, and so one thing that a lot of people are saying the the vision that Tim Howard and Coach Mulqueen have, the product on the field is going to much more closely resemble that vision this year than it did last year. Just you know, being a player, you got a lot to deal with in that aspect, and then being an owner, and then maybe being a sporting director and keeping in touch with the team, you got all of that to deal with. So with Tim being here full-time now and being able to help build the roster and help evaluate players and even give, you know, pointers to some of them, um, he works real well with Coach McQueen. And so I think everybody's really excited and really happy to have that uh, part of the equation sorted out. You know, because you don't want to, um, I don't know that absentee was necessarily the right word to use for him last year, but obviously he's required to play. He's on, was under contract with the Rapids, and he incurred the wrath of Rapids fans on at least one occasion when he was not at one of their games when he was here in Memphis attending an Open Cup game. And I don't remember if it was the Hartford game or the Orlando game out at Mike Rose, but it was definitely one of the two that was out at Mike Rose. Um, and he... You know, a number of the Rapids fans weren't super happy about that. But now he doesn't have to make that decision. Now he's just going to be here because he's the sporting director and he runs the show. So that is, uh, that's positive. That's good. Um, the local media certainly took notice. A um, couple of 
the you know there was articles written about him uh channel five ran some stuff i want to say channel 24 ran something but i don't know that don't hold me to that um but that's a good thing coach mcqueen's happy the players certainly seem to be happy and you know happy if everybody's getting along then the chances that things go off the rails on the field certainly feel less i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say here I just know that Tim Howard being in the fold full-time is a good thing. Now, as far as the roster, is I wouldn't call it a rebuild. I'd call it more of an overhaul from last year. You know, there's a couple of guys that, you know, a couple of fan favorites that we're really sad to see go, uh, Cam Lindley being chief among them. Uh, but you, we all knew that Cam Lindley was only going to be here for the one year, and I think it's um, silly of Orlando City not to have signed him, and they cut him. I don't know, unfortunately, where he is at now, um, but I think Orlando not keeping him was foolish. And uh, the other one that we're going to miss is Wes Charpie. Uh, he's with Louisville City now, and they are a high-dollar, high-quality operation. Everything they touch turns to gold. They are the USL version of Atlanta United. Uh, all they do is win. They've been in the league five years. They've gone to the Eastern Conference Final every single time. They've gone to three straight USL Cup Finals. They've won two of them. Um, they're about to open a brand new stadium, which is going to be absolutely gorgeous. And so all the best to West Sharpie. He's in a very good spot up there. But we've got a bunch of guys back. We returned nine guys from last year. That's Tristan Hodge, Dan Metzger, Raul Gonzalez, Mark Birch, Dwayne Muckett, Leston Paul, Brandon Allen, Pierre Da Silva, and Liam Doyle. Now, Raul Gonzalez is a guy that it doesn't feel like he returns from last year because he never played last year because he got hurt in the preseason. And so he's a guy that last year everybody was really, 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 really high on. And so this year they're all really, 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 really high on him. So that's exciting. Obviously, Birch is the captain. Uh, Dwayne Muckett, good things happen when he has the ball. Brandon Allen, uh, when they brought him in last year, kind of halfway through the season, it was... You know, you could tell he was struggling to find his footing and struggling to kind of mesh with the team. And towards the end of the year, he really found his groove and started putting the ball in the back of the net. And I think after a full off season, we're going to have him for a full season. I think that's going to mean very good things. Uh, Liam Doyle, obviously, is a force to be reckoned with defensively. Um, he is just, uh, he's a tower just towers over everybody. He's a he's a he's he's immovable. He's an immovable object. Um, some of these new guys are rather interesting. Um, Jean Christophe Kofi they got from New York Red Bulls too. Um, who was under contract with the Red Bulls? I don't know that he made any first team appearances with them. Uh, Mark Segbers is another interesting one. I think there's a lot of potential for him to make some like overlapping rungs from his defense from his defensive spot down the wings. Um, interesting new name is a Raphael Menzingen, and um, I think from a journalistic, media, whatever standpoint you want to call it, that's going to be interesting, and I guarantee you there's going to be, I'm going to do it, I guarantee there's other people going to do it, are going to say Menzingen when they mean Metzger, and they're going to say Metzger when they mean Menzingen. The, the M, the E, the T, and the Z, and that's not fairly common. And it's just going to happen. The names are going to get transposed. It's going to happen. It's not going to be a big deal. It's Hey, it's preseason for us too, guys. Um, but overall, 
there's a lot of folks that are really excited about this roster that's been put together. From the coaches talking to Coach McQueen after the, the uh, U of M game, to folks with the Bluff City Mafia, to some of the other media members, everybody is really, really, really high on the roster that these guys have constructed. Now, everybody's always high on their roster in the preseason until the ball gets kicked in real time, and then you find out what you're made of. But for right now, everybody's high on it. We like it. Um, we have faith in this team going forward. One thing that happened this offseason that I'm very excited about, and I really think most fans should be too, is the local print media here in Memphis has gone above and beyond, or is attempting to go above and beyond what they did as far as covering the team last year. Last year, uh, I was there for the 901 Soccer Podcast. John Varlis of the Daily Memphian was there just about every single game. Uh, the commercial appeal for some games would send one person, for some games would send another. Um, but by and large, at most of the post-game media availability, it was it was me and it was John Varlis. And unless it was the season opener or the Pachuca game or an Open Cup game, most of the local media wasn't there. And the final regular season game against Louisville City last year, a cup, you know, with it being the final game of the season. A couple of the Channel 5 people showed up. Somebody from the Daily Helmsman over at the University of Memphis showed up. And you could tell they knew nothing about the team. They hadn't been there but for one or two games. Because the same questions that everybody was asking day one about atmosphere in the city of Memphis were the same questions that those same people were asking in October, in the last game of the year. Um, and Coach McQueen made a point to single out John Varlis and myself uh, for being there just about every game. I know there were a couple of games that John had to miss because of his commitment to the local high school prep sports scene, which that's his bent, that's his thing, that's been his baby for years and years and years and years. And I had to miss a couple of games due to refereeing commitments either out at Mike Rose or down in Tupelo or Oxford or wherever. Um, but by and large, John Varlis and I were there for just about every single game. What the local print media has done this offseason um, is very impressive. Uh, the Daily Memphian, obviously, trucking right along, doing a very good job with John. Um, they've added added a dedicated 901 FC tab on their website. So now it's just not under random or general or whatever. There's a specific place for people who read the Daily Memphian online that want to go find it. They can just click on 901 FC, and boom, there you are. That's always that's a good thing. That's a plus, and they should be applauded for that. And if you don't have a subscription to them, go to, go get one and reward their faith in the uh, in their faith of the Memphis soccer public. I guess you could say. And then the commercial appeal now has a dedicated 901 FC beat reporter. You know, some games last year it might have been Evan Barnes. There were a couple of games it was Jason Munns. A couple of the Open Cup games it was Mark Giannato. But there was never that one person that you knew was going to be there. They've got one now. Her name's Corinne Kennedy. She's been on the Roundtable of Hooligans podcast. She's already written a number of articles for the Commercial Appeal. Uh, got to meet her for the very first time at the uh, preseason game against the University of Memphis. Super cool. Big fan. Um, so local print media doing doubling down and believing that there is an appetite for soccer in Memphis is just, a, it, it's excellent. Because by and large, I know, I, I love the loyal, dedicated listeners to the podcast, but the average run-of-the-mill Joe 
in Memphis, in South Haven, in West Memphis, Olive Branch, Millington, they're not listening to this podcast. We're, the, by and large, the core audience for this podcast is people who already know everything that I'm telling them, basically, if that makes sense. You know, um, they're already into 901 FC, is what I'm trying to say. Whereas somebody who reads about them in the commercial appeal might not already be into them, might see them in the commercial appeal or the Daily Memphian and go, oh, you know what? I'm going to go give this 901 FC a try. I'm going to go to a game. I'll go out to Mike Rose, you know, and that sort of thing. So having, especially now we're in a time where uh, the Oregonian, the chief newspaper in Portland, Oregon, no longer has a Portland Timbers or Portland Thorns beat writer, and the Kansas City Star no longer has a sporting Kansas City beat reporter. Those are two of the best supported teams in MLS, and for the papers in those markets to say, eh, you know what, no. Um, that's something from in Memphis, for the papers in Memphis to be doing that, that is just fantastic, and I don't think they can get enough praise for that. Everybody knows me, I everybody knows I love to be negative about everything. Everything is the worst, we're terrible, blah, 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 blah. This is something singling these people out that deserve to be praised. So whoever's in charge of giving 901FC a special tab on the Daily Memphian website, kudos to you. Whoever decided to have Corinne Kennedy become the uh, beat reporter for the Commercial Appeal for 901FC, props to you. You deserve a raise. You people are helping us uh, tell more people and spread the word about the beautiful game in Memphis. And thank you for that. Now we just got to get local sports talk radio in on it. Um, because quite frankly, by and large, uh, sports talk radio in this town, now that Chris Vernon is internet only and Eric Hasselstein no longer has a show, sports talk radio in this town is just... Um, uh, I, do, I will like to give a shout out to Greg Gaston, though, uh, over at Sports 56, um, because he has had coach McQueen on his show in the past and he doesn't just spend every single day talking about the same two topics over and over and over and over and over and over and over again I'm sorry um, but most people can only hear about Penny Hardaway's shoes so many times we can only hear about um, John Morant's dunk so many times you know we would like new and different things and Greg Gaston to his credit on his show They've had they had NASCAR people on a couple weeks ago. They've had 901 related topics. They do baseball. They do football. They, they do a variety of stuff. It's an interesting sh dynamic show. It's not the same show every single day. And that was a discussion that uh, some of us in the press box were having uh, before the game uh, Saturday evening. And so if we could just get local talk radio in on it a little bit more. Maybe have, you know, maybe if they could have more of a presence at the games. Maybe if they had guests on more often. Maybe if they spent more time talking about it. Especially during the dog days of summer. I'm sorry, when 901 FC and the Redbirds are really the only two things going over the summer, it's, in my opinion, irresponsible to not be discussing that if you're a sports talk radio in Memphis. That's just, that's just my opinion. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying you can't, you have to spend all day on it. I'm not saying that under no circumstances should they be allowed to talk Tigers or Grizzlies. I'm not saying that. I'm saying two or three times a week in June, July, and August, having a player or a coach on or having a recap or talking a, a preview or something, you know? 
local print media is, is getting out on this team, it would behoove local talk radio to do the same. Um, but as far as the print media, everybody's doing um, very well. It was interesting at the game against the University of Memphis Tigers, the preseason game, um, I mentioned last year the dearth of media in the post-game availability, and there was no other way to describe it Saturday night other than a media scrum. And that's something you only hear for, like, all-star games or the Super Bowl or college football. It was a media scrum. Um, Tim Van Horn was there for his podcast. J.J. Greer was there. Um, John Varlis, uh, a couple of kids from the Daily Helmsman. Uh, Corinne from the Commercial Appeal. Myself. You know, there were, there were I'd say, a good ten people there. Um, and that is more than you could say, for most of the games last year. So if that is a sign of things to come, I think that's a good thing. Uh, obviously, that'll probably be the case ne uh, for the season opener against Indy, and that'll probably be the case for at least one Open Cup game. But for a random Saturday night, what-have-you game, that remains to be seen. But we are uh, positive steps, positive direction, big fan of the local media getting more into this team. Now I guess it's time to actually talk about the game, because there was a game, um, a preseason game, 901 FC taken on the University of Memphis down at AutoZone Park. Um, with it being preseason, uh, one thing that, that I really appreciate the way Memphis 901 FC did things last year is for, as far as roster and team sheets and stats and information, you had a packet of Memphis 901 FC stuff, and then you had a packet of whoever the other team was. And then once you got close to kickoff, they'd hand out team sheets with the starting 11 for each team, the subs for each team, and the referee crew. Um, Saturday against the University of Memphis, that was not the case. We had no materials. Um, I mean, it's just it, it's, pre, it's not just preseason for the players. It's preseason for everybody, which is fine. Um, I guess the moral of the story is uh, do your homework and come to the game prepared and don't rely on others to have information for you. Um, but it, like I said, it's preseason, so it wasn't the end of the world, and the fans and the, the folks following along on Twitter weren't holding us to the gold standard, though I have no problem with being held to a gold standard. Um, but, uh, yeah, so with no roster information and no team sheets and no nothing and the Memphis 901 FC players were not wearing jerseys were not wearing uh names or numbers on their jerseys and the numbers on the University of Memphis team were very small and the names were almost invisible it was really hard with the exception of uh Muckett, Birch and Doyle it was really hard to tell who was who out there and so, you know, we did the best with what we could, and the first half was just kind of a kind of a boring game. I, I do also need to give uh, the game ops people credit because uh, even though it was preseason, they were still out there with the with the fault the smoke machines during the walkout and the fire and the fireworks and that. Um, so it was a preseason game, but they brought it for that, which was super cool. And then, you know, with the game only being open to season ticket holders or half-season ticket holders or some sort of ticket package group or something of that nature. Obviously, the crowd was not going to be great. And unfortunately, there was no official attendance number to pass along to you guys. Um, I, that's something that I am kind of uh, anal about. 
is that I, as an attendance number junkie, I like to be able to try and find these things, and it drives me up the wall when I can't find these numbers. Um, and so I always like make sure across you know a variety of platforms, be it Twitter, on this podcast, on Facebook, wherever, to give the attendance number. And unfortunately, against University of Memphis, that there was none. With just being season tickle, it's fine. It's preseason. I get it. I asked. They said there wasn't going to be one. Fine. Move on down the road. No problem. Um, but just eyeballing, I'd say it was probably somewhere between 250 to 400 people there. It wasn't a great crowd. But again, it's preseason. The Lakers were playing the Grizzlies at the exact same time, three blocks down the road. Preseason, season ticket holders only. Not a big deal. Uh, one thing I did notice that was interesting there in the game is uh, the folks from the Mafia that did, the Bluff City Mafia that did make it out, they moved from their usual section at halftime behind uh, the one goal directly in front of me over into the Terminix section behind the other goal, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, but as far as the game was go, the first half was not much to write home about. Uh, Coach McQueen and Mark Birch both said they felt they didn't do a good job in the first half of keeping the ball. Mark Birch called them sloppy. Uh, but both they in the second half, they both said that they were very happy with the way they were able to hold onto the ball more, create better passes, create better chances, and eventually the talent just paid off. And the pressure paid off because, let's face it, it was, I don't want, like, like you don't want to say men amongst boys, but it kind of was men amongst boys. I mean, it's a professional team versus a, a college team. And the Tigers, to their credit, they held their own. They had a couple of chances on the break, one or two golden chances that they really probably should have put away. They probably should have been up 1-0 at halftime, but they weren't. And then eventually Memphis 9-1 may have been paid for it. Um, Matt Hundley got the goal for 901 FC, got the connection with Tim Howard, obviously, as he's on loan from the Colorado Rapids. And postgame, he had some interesting things to say. Uh, said He said, first off, um, it's, he was super excited. It was super awesome to get on the score sheet. And then uh, Tim Van Horn asked him if, uh, you know, what, what's it like to be the toast of Beale Street and not be old enough to go drink on Beale Street. And everybody kind of uh, chuckled at that, got a hearty guffaw as one might say. Um, he said, uh, but he said, Tim Howard's always been very supportive of him. So, uh, he even called him uh, something of a father figure, which I thought was very interesting. Um, but Memphis gets the 1-0 win. One thing I did ask Coach McQueen and that he touched on in the postgame was that a couple of the University of Memphis players are trialists with 901 FC, and they were in the squad for the Boys in Blue tonight. And so I asked Coach, I said, well, when you have these guys in camp or when you're playing against them in a scrimmage or a friendly or a preseason game or whatever, are these, is there something, do you put something away in the back of your mind as far as there might be this guy to keep an eye on or maybe, you know, maybe next season down the road, once he's out of college, we could grab this guy? Or he said, oh, definitely, absolutely. Uh, and then he, the jersey came out of him. God love him. Coach McQueen is always good for a quote. He ne There's very, very rarely does he just rely on coach speak. Um, he, he is the antithesis of Greg Berhalter. Greg Berhalter has all the charisma of a lamppost. Um, Coach McQueen's going to tell you what he thinks and what he feels, and if you ask a direct question, you're going to get a direct answer. Uh, it may not always be the answer you want. I found that out a couple times last year, but we're all good. Um, 
but uh, he said he, after saying, "Yeah, you know, we always keep an eye on these guys, and uh, they're they're talented." He was very complimentary of the job of the program they're running over there, and he said, "I'd go to Siberia if I could find a good player there," and that drew another round of guffaws from the media scrum. Okay, gotta love it. This preseason, Coach Mulqueen's already in midseason postgame form. Um, but yeah, so that was pretty much it. The game, not much to write home about. That's the first one of a number this year. And uh, I guess now, I guess now the thing that we need to do is um, just briefly take a look at what's ahead for Memphis 901 FC. Obviously, the big one is the is the season opener against Indy 11 next Saturday, March the 7th. I uh, feel like everybody's going to be down there. Season opener last year was a big, big hit, even if we didn't score a lot or end up winning the game against Tampa Bay. Um, but uh, Indy 11's a team that smacked you around a couple times last year. Coach Mulqueen was asked about that post-game. He said, look, we've got a whole new team. They've got a whole new team. It's a whole new year. Don't worry about last year, which, fair enough. Um, and then March 14th is the second game of the year. That's also at home. That's against St. Louis FC. The following week, March the 22nd, on the road at Sporting KC2, which I believe last year was Swope Park Rangers. Um, Memphis went on the road and got a draw at Swope Park last year, if I'm not mistaken. And then in the return leg at AutoZone Park, they beat them substantially. Um, and then March 28th is the one that uh, we all need to have circled on our calendars because it's against the Birmingham Legion. Now, I have no idea how in the world this became a thing, but it became a thing. Um, I guess the Birmingham fans in England, in Birmingham, England, uh, found out that there's a Birmingham in the United States. How you don't already know that, I don't know. If there's Americans that are aware of Birmingham, England, I feel like the folks in Birmingham, England should be aware of Birmingham, Alabama. Um, but that's an entirely different geopolitical discussion for another day. Uh, but for whatever reason, they got all fired up to be pro-Birmingham Legion, which is fine, just by itself. And for whatever reason, the folks in England decided that we were Birmingham's big rival and proceeded to bring their English trash talk, which is radically different than American trash talk, uh, to the Twitter mentions. And I, it's just something that... It, it happened organically, but it still feels forced, if that makes sense. Like, it just kind of blew up out of nothing, and now it just feels like like they've beaten the horse to death. Like, it was cool and funny and annoying all at the same time for the first couple of days, and now it's just, why are you, like, why are you doing this? Just leave, just leave us alone. But I guess, if you remember in, like, the, the walkout videos last year, it was, uh, we shout 901 against the world and we always defend Memphis. That's, like, really the case now. If we've got fans of a team in the Premier League or the Championship or whatever Birmingham is in, if if they're worried about Memphis 901 FC, it truly is 901 FC against the world. And we must defend Memphis when the Birmingham Legion come calling. Another strange thing is that back in the old Memphis City days in the NPSL, and Scotty Smith pointed this out, Scotty Smith, uh, God love him, uh, founder, former host of this show, said... On Twitter the other day, he pointed out, they said, look, when we were in the NPSL with Memphis City, we got along great with, with Chattanooga, we despised Nashville, and we thought nothing of Birmingham. 
And so why all of a sudden, now that we're in the USL, Birmingham thinks we have to think of them as our big rival? I don't get. Um, Nashville's not the rival anymore because they're gone to MLS. I think really, by and truly, that the, the biggest and best opportunity for Memphis to have a good rivalry is with Louisville City. You go back to all of those uh, Metro Conference, Conference USA, one year in the American, uh, in basketball, and to a lesser extent in football. I mean, Rick Pitino v. John Calipari, Denny Crum v. Dana Kirk, and so on. But Birmingham, like, eh. And Corinne Kennedy had a very good piece for the Commercial Appeal the other day about um, Birmingham Legion making themselves, Birmingham Legion talking themselves into us being their big rival. They may be, we may be their rival, but they're not our rival. Sort of like... Um, Ole Miss football likes to think they're LSU's real rival, but LSU's like, no, no, Alabama's our rival. Go away. Um, but that was just, it was just the strangest thing, and I don't know how it came up, and none of the, I don't think any of the clubs did anything to start it. Some fan somewhere, and then it just took on a life of its own. So March the 28th, 901 FC at home against Birmingham Legion. Gotta have that on the calendar circled, and then... April 8th, we've got our first Open Cup game is already set, which is outstanding because if you remember last year, the way U.S. Soccer did the draw for the Open Cup was um, we didn't find out about who our opponent was, when it would be played, where it would be played until like five days before the game. So that left no time to sell tickets and make anybody in Memphis aware of it unless you were already aware of it. Um, but our, we've already got... It's Memphis 901 FC at home at Mike Rose, April 8th against Chattanooga. And we've got a bone to pick with Chattanooga now because back, we used to get along with them great. And now the Chattahooligans on Twitter are just annoying. They're just annoying. Anytime anything in the world happens, I I'm, I'm waiting for a, we want to know the coronavirus's position on promotion and relegation in American soccer. Stop. Guys, it was funny the first ten times you did it, but the subsequent 10,000, not so much. We get it. You want promotion and relegation. I think there's a lot of people out there that want promotion and relegation. You're not being funny or witty or clever by saying, I wonder what uh, this presidential candidate's position on is, or uh, this foreign dignitary, or this pop star. Like, stop. And then, when that Open Cup game got announced... They proceeded to start running their mouths and call Memphis and Memphis fans, they called the sellouts. They said, we sold our souls. We took the easy way out. We're not true soccer fans. We don't... And all kinds of other ridiculous stupidity. So I hope when Chattanooga comes here, just like I hope when Birmingham comes here, that we put 100 on them. Speaking metaphorically, I don't know that anybody's ever scored 100 goals in a soccer game. I do know that in, like, 2007, Australia scored 33 goals against... Uh, against uh, Somebody in a World Cup qualifier. Might have been Tahiti. It might have been North Korea. I don't remember, but there's something... I'm, I'm not making this up. Australia scored like 33 goals against somebody a long time ago. Uh, you know what? I'm going to look that up because that's going to drive me crazy. But I'm not making this up because there was a... I forget where I heard it. It was 2001, Australia scored 31 goals against American Samoa. Okay. April 11th, 31 goals. Good grief. Archie Thompson scored 13 goals by himself. That's got to be a record, right? That's crazy. 
I hope we do that to both Birmingham and Chattanooga. I really do. Because there is nothing more satisfying than when your opponents just spend all this time running their mouths and then you just smack them down. That's why my favorite game from last season was the Bethlehem Steel game. Because they cried, their coaches cried and cried and cried and cried and cried about the penalty area. And they walked it off and they cried. And then the groundskeepers were like, no, it's right. And then they cried some more. And then they tape measured it. And they're like, no, it's right. And then they cried again. And then they measured again. And it was still right. And then Memphis beat that ass and put five goals past them. It was glorious. And that was the most satisfying game of the season for me. Because they just cried and cried and cried. And they got it. They got exactly what they deserved. And I hope that's what we do to Birmingham. And I hope that's what we do to Chattanooga. Birmingham on the 28th at AutoZone Park. Chattanooga on April the 8th at Mike Rose. So I think that's going to, uh, I guess, maybe just wrap it up here for us for the evening. Uh, ran a little bit longer than I thought we would, but that's fine. Um, so just uh, we'll get the propers out of the way one more time. Uh, I'm Lawrence Dockery. You can find me on Twitter at LDoc93. You can find the 901 Soccer Podcast on Twitter at 901 Soccer Pod. Find us on Facebook. Just search 901 Soccer. We're much more active over there than we used to be. And I uh, want to say thanks again to our new sponsors, uh, Fava Firm. If you are facing gar wage garnishment, uh, foreclosure, repossession, eviction, medical bills, credit card bills, payday loans, go ahead and give the folks at Fava Firm a call, 662-536-1116, and they can get you uh, set up with a consultation to go in and get your financial future straightened out. And we are recording the 901 Soccer Podcast in the Fava Firm studios. Also want to thanks, say thanks to our new sponsor, Adam Technologies. Uh, business, and they are good folks doing business telephone work. If your office phones are giving you problems, if you want some new ones, if you have questions, you can give them a call. They've been doing it quite a long time. Um, and as always, um, for in the future, when we do have guests on the show, uh, whether they be in studio, in person, at somebody's house, or whether they actually call in, uh, all guests will appear on the 901 Soccer Podcast via the Adam Technologies hotline. And for some reason, I have completely misplaced where I wrote that number down. So give me one second and let me find that for you. But it was super exciting. We've got one or two more feelers out on a couple of potential sponsors, and I think they could be really cool, and you guys would be really excited about that. But uh, I don't know if you'll be as excited as I am. But uh, we're still still waiting to hear back. And, oops, I just went right past it. Bear with me, folks. Bear with me. It's preseason for me, too, guys. Once I am uh, get into the habit of saying this on a more regular basis, I'm sure I will be able to just spout the number off. No problem. Well, come on. Where did it go? Good grief. I know it's there. There it is. Adam Technologies. Give them a call today at 901-251-2326. All right, so that's going to wrap it up. Uh, I think we had a pretty good show tonight. Uh, talked about the offseason, talked about the local media, new sponsors, game against University of Memphis, and we looked at the schedule coming up. I think we covered a lot of ground tonight. So uh, until the next time, uh, thanks for listening. Keep doing what you're doing. Defend Memphis.